fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You're John Wright, and it is welcome into the program. Hey, what's up? You finally made it to the end of the week. Pat yourself on the back, baby. You scream, I scream, we all scream for ice cream. That's what actually sounds kind of good right now. Welcome into it. It is the final day of the work week. It is the voice of reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, we always love you to death. Appreciate you hanging out with us, your millennial general reporting for duty today. A little bit different show today. We are doing things just slightly different. Bottom of the hour, we have Fred McGrath on the program. Now, for those that do not know, today, uh, really last night, yesterday, yesterday afternoon, was the kickoff of the CPAC 2023, the Conservative Political Action Conference. And I promise you, one of these days, and one of these days relatively soon, I will be broadcasting live from the Conservative Political Action Conference. It is one of the greatest conventions all year long. It is one of the greatest conventions that we see in this country. And if you need your political fuel tanks refueled, that's the place to go. If you need the hoorah, feel good, conservative, not just Republican, but conservative message spread to you from people that are like-minded for you to actually get some optimism back in this country, that is the place to go. So one of these days we will be broadcasting out there at the Conservative Political Action Conference, but it is ongoing today right now, and I've been gathering the last uh, hour, hour and a half or so, just gathering massive amounts of audio. So today... I'm not even going to speak a whole lot today. We're just going to sit back and we're going to play some of these for those that may not have been able to hear a lot of the speeches as it kicked off with a bang. Now, I am cautiously concerned about some of the messaging coming out of there, not in a bad way, just in a potentially divisive way, if we want to put it that way. There, Everybody that I've heard so far that stumped at uh, as a grand speaker, as a main speaker there at the CPAC convention in Washington, D.C., which they've they've done a really good job. And i got to give them uh, credit here in Kansas, where I'm based out of. Matt Schlapp actually is originally from Kansas here. He's the one that heads it up, the American Conservative Union, and they put on a fantastic job. So there's a connection here in Kansas where we're at. We've had Matt Schlapp on the program before, and we'll get him back on again as well. But CPAC used to be only just a once-a-year, three-day convention. That's all it was. You would go, all the conservative speakers would go there, and it was great. Now they've branched it out, and they've bounced around to different parts of the country. I believe last year they were in Miami, Florida, if I remember correct. But they've also branched out to other events throughout the year, not just in the country, but around the world as well, which is Awesome, because the messaging of conservatism is desperately needed, not just Republican values, but true, solid conservative values like we talk about in this program as our three pillars of conservatism where you have the right to life and liberty and private property. Outside of that, leave me the hell alone. I will not tread on you. Don't tread on me. We'll just live our lives happily ever after. And we need to spread that message because I've said this over and over again, that as long as we spread that message, we will always win the idea the war on ideas every time when emotion gets involved, when fear gets involved, 
when terrorism gets involved, meaning the actual definition of terrorism, of trying to bully, intimidate, or threaten somebody based on a political stance or to do something based on a political motive, that by definition is terrorism. So COVID-19, the lockdowns, was a terrorist act from our own government, if you want to put it in that term. Uh, and we can go on about when we actually spread the idea of true conservatism, not looking at identity politics, not looking at uh, emotion, not looking at anything else, but just strictly on the concept and ideals of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, of the right to you can live your life without intrending, uh, impending on somebody's life, liberty, and private property. You can do anything else, and you should be able to just about anything else. Then we win that ideal battle that's ongoing in the world. So I'm always cautiously optimistic. You know me. I'm always the glass half full kind of guy, the eternal optimist on this program. But sometimes you just get kind of down. You read the news headlines day in and day out, and it's exhausting. Now, that being said, we have – I'm cautiously concerned about just the bit that I've heard over the last couple hours at CPAC and the speakers. Not in a bad way because I love it. They're saying everything right. I agree with them. But every speaker that has been up that I've heard at least over the last two hours and some of the highlights from earlier as well have been the push for Donald Trump and Donald Trump's presidency. Now, nothing wrong with that. I support Donald Trump. If he becomes the nominee, then I will support him wholeheartedly as president of the United States as well. My only concern is, is that we have some other great candidates as well. Ron DeSantis, which is very popular here in Kansas, where I'm from, at least. We have Mike Pompeo that's very popular, and I think he's gaining some traction nationwide as well. And so we have some really, really great names potentially in this ring, although Ron DeSantis has not officially thrown his hat in. Mike Pompeo has not officially thrown his hat in. Nikki Haley has thrown her hat in, and she's decent as well. There are a lot of other names out there, but everybody that's been on the stand speaking has just mentioned Donald Trump as the next president of the United States and talking about the difference between Trump's admin now uh, before and Biden's admin. Now I get that, but is it turning into strictly just a pro Trump convention at the conservative political action conference? And if it is, I guess that's cool, but I know that there are a lot of individuals within the conservative and Republican party that would rather see somebody else, someone like Ron DeSantis or somebody else, Uh, within the Republican ranks. And while conservatism needs to be united under the basic simple principles of conservatism, should they be endorsing one particular candidate? Now, they always do a straw poll on everybody that's there on what their beliefs are, and I have an inkling that Donald Trump will win that conservative straw poll at CPAC this year in overwhelming numbers. Maybe Ron DeSantis will be up there as well, but I'm curious on how it's going to go. Donald Trump Jr., Don Jr. spoke earlier, I don't know if it was today or one of the first ones last night, but did really did the campaign pitch speak uh, there at the event. There's a reason the billionaire class, even the billionaire conservative news class, wants someone other than Trump. It's because they want someone that needs them to take their call. You know, there's a lot of the billionaire class, even on the Republican side. It's like, yeah, we're really hard on China, but like, don't be that hard. Like, we still want our widget for a quarter cent cheaper, and we'll destroy the American middle class to do so. Make no mistake, I want the guy that doesn't need to take that call, that isn't entirely beholden to them, that is showing up to speak to the people, not showing up to speak to those who would rather go much softer on China. 
That was, uh, again, Donald Trump Jr. there speaking at CPAC. I mean, a great speech. It, 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 again, if you've never been, highly recommend it. I can tell you stories day in and day out of the couple of years I was able to go when I was in college. It was a great time. If you are a college student, highly recommend you go and check it out. And uh, you can listen to the rest of the speech online as well. It was a great speech. It's great stuff. Is it the movement for strictly Donald Trump at this convention? I am interested on where they're going with this. Uh, just a little bit ago, just about an hour ago, actually, Steve Bannon with The War Room uh, that's on Newsmax, he ended up speaking there, which I love. I'm a big fan personally of Steve Bannon, and we got to get him on this program soon. But he ended up speaking and, again, was major on talking about the differences between Trump and Biden. Where we're at today, especially economically, which is what we've talked about a lot on this program. You will be absolutely crushed, and the people crushed the most are the millennials that now have $9 trillion of debt. They are going to be Russian serfs. They're not going to own anything with no possibility of owning anything. Professor Rubini just told us about, about the financial aspects of it. We're going to have recession, inflation, stagflation, depression, debt crisis. Dr. Doom, who called 2008, said it's only going to get worse because the world's got 30 trillion, uh, $300 trillion of debt. Now let's talk about the United States. All right, right, let's stop there for for just a second. I love it. He's on a roll again. It gets your kind of it gets you kind of pumped up and fired up for uh, going into the weekend, which is fantastic. But uh, that's a great point where we're going, not just in the country, but as a world as a whole. Could you imagine to yourself for a second the world as a whole, which he's going to talk about in a second, uh, hundreds of trillions of dollars in debt globally to centralize all the power at a global government, and then the government at the global level owing itself. I find kind of interesting. I'm not sure how that quite works and how you could owe yourself lots of money like that if we get rid of borderlines of different nations, which they eventually want to do with their agenda, and then you owe yourself a buttload of money, um, and then they just consume the GDPs of every single nation across the globe because, well, that's ours now. We're going to dictate what we're doing. That's a scary thought. In America, we're not making the job any harder for them on the home front. Right. What do we have? $32 trillion. That's nothing. The CBO reports you're going to have another $20 trillion of debt in 10 years. You're going to be paying a trillion dollars a year in interest payments. It's not sustainable. Who got us here? Well, Joe Biden, yeah, but he got here because of the compromise made by the establishment Republicans in the Senate. They took away the gavel from you. What are they doing right now? You need dramatic, you need dramatic, dramatic cuts. You need dramatic cuts in spending right now and not one penny increase to the debt ceiling. Not one penny. I love it. That was again with Steve Bannon as he hosts his show War Room on Newsmax at TV. Or I'm sorry, uh, t- um, uh, I can't remember the Real Voice, Real America's Voice is the network that he's actually on with his show. Real America Voice and The War Room, if you want to check that out. He's fantastic, and he's right. Now the question is, will Congress actually listen to that? We have a major movement of conservatives here in this nation that are crying out for help and crying out to us to change course immediately. And right now, unfortunately, we still have some leadership in our Washington, D.C. Republicanism where it's not quite as conservative as what it needs to be. Remember, the Republican Party is based off of conservative ideologies. Conservatives created the Republican Party. The Republican Party did not create conservative ideals. Conservatives created the Republican Party for them to have a loud voice for them to be able to promote their agenda. That's the whole purpose of a political party, is it not? 
is for you to say, you know what? I have these ideas. You have these ideas. Let's band together. Let's create a group here to where we can actually identify ourselves. We can make our voice heard. We can collect money the proper way. We can have power, influence, and a voice to actually promote the ideas that we have. And unfortunately, even at our statewide levels, we have many members of this grand old party that we reside in and openly choose to reside in at least for most of us, except for those that may have gone to the libertarians or independents or unaffiliated or whatever, that we have a large portion of them that that feel like they fall under this umbrella, but they really don't. And they're changing it from within in a bad way by saying, well, yeah, we're Republican, we're limited government, but we really don't want to cut a lot of the social programs. But we really don't want to slow down the growth of government. And as much as I praise Kevin McCarthy for doing what he's done as Speaker of the House so far, in most cases, he has been talking a little bit softer on this issue with this whole debt ceiling crisis that we're about to run into of, well, we could just have a conversation with Biden. If we could at least prove to him that we need to cut a little spending, then we could talk about extending the debt ceiling when uh, uh-uh, we're already at 100% of our GDP. It needs to end. It needs to stop. Not a penny more in spending. And I promise you, I don't care what elected official it is. I will never support another, uh, uh, at least any of the Republican candidates that ever vote to extend the debt ceiling beyond the 100% consumption of our national GDP that we're currently at right now, which means never any new spending again right now until we actually cut spending and get things back down, ideally back to the about 40% GDP ratio that we used to be at before Barack Obama took effect and before we stopped worrying about actual federal budgets and before we actually started passing just these random, ridiculous omnibus packages of just open spending for the government to do whatever they want to until we hit our cap every single year. No more. And that's the line that we have to draw. We have to draw the line in the sand. No more can the Republican Party say, well, I'm going to draw the line in the sand. Don't you cross it. And then Democrats cross it. Oh, I'm going to draw another one. Don't you cross it. I'm warning you. We can't do that. Step across it. I'm going to draw another one. Don't you cross it. Nope, not this time. I'm done. I promise you. No, no. We have to clean house, baby. Mitch McConnell's got to go. Half the Republican Party in the House and the Senate has got to go. Legislators at the statewide levels have got to go. CPAC's also come out with their conservative rankings at the statewide levels. We'll do that when we come back as well. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, it is. Welcome into it. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. What's up? Welcome in. Happy Friday to you. CPAC 2023 is officially underway in Washington, D.C. Back on the home front, man. I'd say two of the best years I ever had in my life was when I was in the College Republicans at Bowling Green State University in Ohio. And uh, for two years, ended up going to the Conservative Political Action Conference. What an experience. I will never forget them, even with all the adult beverages that we consumed (laughs) while we were there. Uh, I've told this story once before. I find it one of the more entertaining stories. So we had consumed some of the adult beverages. Again, this is college. What do you expect? What do you want from me, man? Come on. It was college. And it was uh, right at the last reign of George W. Bush. Obviously not the most conservative guy, but at the same time, it was still exciting to see the president of the United States. And when you're a college kid thinking that the president was there was the coolest thing in the world and still a great honor. So we consumed beverages till late into the evening, probably one one o'clock in the morning. Everybody wanted to pass out, go to sleep, get ready for the next day. Well, the president was going to speak on Saturday morning, the final day early, like 9 a.m., first one in the door. 
I had the grand idea of instead of sleeping it off and getting ready for the next day to take a shower, put my suit on and go down and wait outside in the conference room uh, or wait in the hallway outside the conference room. So that way we could be the first ones in because, hey, that's going to be cool. I want to be close to the president. So we go down. There's like three, four people down there already and still feeling the adult beverages. I say, you know what? It's like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. I need to take a little nap or at least sit down for a moment. So I sit <laughs> I sit down in the hallway and kind of doze off a little bit. Apparently, I dozed off a lot because I woke up, and it was, I don't know, an hour later or so. They didn't wake me up to move me, but I was laying in the hallway, kind of in the middle of the hallway, as Secret Service was moving security into the conference room. But again, they didn't wake me up. They just were walking around me with the smirks on their face. I guess I made an impression. I don't know. They didn't want to wake me up, but, you know, stupid college kids uh, just, you know, doing their thing. So they just were walking around me, putting the security and the metal detectors and stuff up in the conference room uh, and walking around me as opposed to waking me up saying, hey, dude, you need to move. And when I woke up, I realized they had moved the line to the other side of the hallway and I got over there and and went over. But, man, come on. Come on. Don't make me look foolish like that. It was still a great event. It was a great event. That one was George W. Bush the next year was Rush Limbaugh when he actually spoke, rest his soul. And uh, he spoke at the conference. And again, you got there early. He was the last one to speak for the entire conference. And we got there first thing in that room. And I did not get up to go to the restroom. I did not go to go up to eat. I didn't do anything from about 6 a.m. to about 5 in the afternoon. I sat in that singular chair waiting for Rush because it was that exciting. It was packed in that room the entire day with most people doing the same thing. So what an experience. Um, <laughs> I know that's uh, it's again, the stories, the stories, the memories that you have from going to conferences like that. It's something that you'll never forget them being able to go down. They always have this big conference room down underneath the hotel where everybody has their books and media row. You can see all the talk show hosts and all the interviews. And uh, after a lot of the speakers are done, they go down and they sign books if they have a book. And uh, it is really if you if you want the feel of conservatism and the feel of uh, like minded individuals to have a good time, listen to some great speakers, get your political fuel tank fired up to want to continue to fight the fight, which is what we have to do. What do we talk about on the show all the time? We talk about the uh, being the catalyst for change in your local community, wanting to be that voice in your local community. That's how you do it is head out to these certain things real quickly here as we look at the um, support for one president or another presidential candidate there is one that stood out that I'm that kind of makes me question the support for I think it's pretty remarkable and he hasn't declared yet many in the Republican Party hope he soon will is this Ron DeSantis's opportunity to run for higher office I think it is he's been a really effective governor He's young. I think we're on the verge of a generational change in our politics. I kind of hope so. I think it's time for a more forward-leaning, future-oriented conversation in our politics as well. That was Jeb Bush supporting Ron DeSantis. As much as I enjoy Ron DeSantis, the fact that Jeb Bush is supporting him, does it make you have second thoughts? I don't know, man. Kind of interesting. We'll continue that when we come back here right around the corner on The Voice of Reason for a Friday. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, darn right it is. Welcome into it. 
a Friday. Thanks for hanging out as always. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. We are on multiple radio stations all over the country. And by the way, more coming on here soon. We'll announce that here a little bit later. Also on TV, live streaming and podcasting, however you watch. We also have some news, by the way, about the podcast. Really exciting that I, I didn't even know about until... Uh, someone Googled my name today, so that was exciting. We'll talk about that here in just a bit. CPAC 2023 still moving along. We've been playing some of the audio clips here in our What's Trending segment of the day. What's Trending Today? The latest just happening just about an hour or so ago as Steve Bannon with The War Room hanging out and uh, giving a great speech and saying this. What, what happened in the first week of January? You had Matt Gates and Boebert in the Magnificent Six that stood there and put it all on the line. And what did Fox News do? They rolled out Karl Rove and the hacks from the Bush administration that got us in this mess to say, we need unity. We need unity. We're not looking for unity. We're looking for victory. <laughs> and again, it was Steve Bannon. I've always been a big fan of his. Talk about what's going on at CPAC, among some other great things excited to have on the program from the Conservative Political Action Conference and the American, Politi- uh, American Conservative Union. Excited to have on the program with us here at Mr. Fred McGrath. Fred, how are you, my friend? Doing great. Pleasure to be with you, Andy. Oh, it's so great to have you on. I, I got to tell you, and I was just telling the story in the last break. My, I got to go to CPAC two years in a row when I was in college with our College Republican group, and it was the most memorable, I think, political events that I've ever gone to in, in my entire life. The first one was when uh, former President George W. Bush spoke on his last year of his term, and then the next year when Rush, Rush Limbaugh was there, obviously the radio icon, and they were two of probably the best years I can ever remember in politics. You guys put on such an amazing event every single year. If anyone needs to refuel their political tank to continue that fight, that's where you go is to go watch CPAC. Absolutely. It's just, there's so much excitement. I mean, we have a packed ballroom um, and just having at the activists and stuff, you know, connect with some of the, the leaders here in the movement that are not only fighting at the States, but also in Congress, you know, our, we've had, so, you know, just so many great speeches here, as you mentioned, just on your program, you know, Steve Bannon really rallying the crowd. We had Don Jr. We've had a number of members of Congress, kind of the leading senators. Um, and it's just everyone's just pumped up. And with this, you know, kind of the election season, you know, the race to 2024, it's also the place where all the candidates are now um you know laying out their visions campaign plans um so we've had pompeo nikki haley is going to be here um uh and of course president trump is going to close us out here tomorrow i love it now what's the field there obviously with uh, a few different names nikki haley throwing her head in the ring potentially mike pompeo throwing his head in the ring as well Ron DeSantis is leaning towards it but hasn't officially made the announcement what's the feel there i mean is ever is it kind of torn between different candidates is everybody supporting one i mean what do you feel that right now with all the uh, everybody there well i've talked to a number of the attendees um and of course everyone's ex- ex- excited for trump but there's a number of you know desantis fans and you know pompeo nikki haley all of those but i think we'll really find out kind of what everyone's thinking here tomorrow when we release our uh, straw poll where we basically poll all the attendees and find out who are they going to be getting behind yeah i love it uh, i did hear in some of your speeches and i am so glad to hear this and i elaborate a little bit on this but uh you guys have branched out i mean obviously when you started it was a once a year convention in dc and again it's when you get to meet everybody you get to get the book signings get your picture taken listen to these great speeches 
But you guys, over the last couple of years, have actually taken this on the road. Uh, I know you kicked it off and did a small event here in Wichita a few years ago where our flagship radio station is. But you guys have been all over the place, and not just in the country, but now the conservative movement branching out globally. That's amazing. Yes, exactly. It just there's there's just such a coalition and just just this want and need to really fight back against the left. And it's kind of like our marquee event. Of course, this is the the national conference is going on now. But throughout the year, you know, we want to bring that to as many people as we can. So we've had uh, you know huge CPAC events, you know, recently in Orlando, down in Florida, um, Dallas. Um, we just had one. And just as you mentioned, the fight for freedom is not just in America. It is a worldwide battle. Uh, So we've had a number of international CPACs just within the last year. We've gone to Hungary. We've gone to Brazil, Mexico, uh, Japan, and all across the world, people are really getting on board with the, you know, the, the, the freedom and um, fighting back against just this, this draconian government, you know, uh, no matter what or that be, you know, the American political system, but just how, how all these systems are. Yeah, well, that was the question. I mean, how is it resonating with people? And have they heard of this idea before or in some of these places that you guys are going? Is it a relatively new idea of having a limited government where the government's not dictating everything and we actually have personal freedoms? Yes, it's very much um, something that has, to be honest, we started this uh, kind of global initiative a few years ago. So it's kind of just a test in um, like Japan, JCU, uh, Japanese Conservative Union. We have a chapter out there. And we just found that these other, you know, citizens of these countries really wanted to come together and have something like we have over here in America with CPAC. And they very much have have grown. We've been back to Japan now every single year. And for all these international CPACs, it's been very much a, a growing stage. And, and that, that's what's so exciting about this whole thing. I love it. We're talking with Fred McGrath with the American Conservative Union and CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. Uh, the other reason we, we have to talk is, I mean, you guys re- release their scorecards on a statewide basis basis. Republicans used to dominate three-fourths, you know, seven-eighths, whatever it was, the vast majority of state legislatures all over the nation to where Democrats do really good at orchestrating on a national level, and we struggle with our conservative views at the at the federal level sometimes. But at the state levels, we used to be solid and right on. How are we, as you guys continue to grade many of our state legislators across the nation, are we still up there, or are we starting to lose a little bit of, uh, of ground when it comes to our state legislators around the country? Yes. Well, as you mentioned, you know, we, we grade lawmakers all across the country. Actually, we're the only organization to produce scorecards um, covering every member of Congress and all 7,400 state lawmakers. And, and what that does is it allows us to kind of track each state and see, you know, which states are really their legislatures, you know, fighting for limited government and and and, and going against the left or in contrast, states that are kind of getting a, a little maybe lazy or, or not, you know, keeping up the fight. Um, unfortunately, our ratings for the previous year, again, we, we conduct all of our ratings on a, a yearly basis. So our 2022 data for that entire year just came in. And Kansas, it, it took a little bit of a drop. Um, basically, what we do is we measure kind of a, the conservative rating of the legislature. So we have 186 policy areas that we're calculating and focusing on. And Kansas, it actually dropped one point 
are actually at one uh, ranking spot below Utah. So it had previously a conservative rating of about 65%, and now it's it's dropped to about 61%. Interesting. Who's at the top of the list for one of the most conservative? Well, that is actually one of the exciting parts about this, because yes, it took a drop last year, but there's a whole new leadership that has come on board. And actually at the very top, we have a number of the members of of the leadership now, um, including the, the speaker there, um, Dan Hawkins, yeah. Chris uh, Chris Croft, um, and then on the Senate, you know, we have um, um, you know Ty Warrenson. All of these guys have gotten stellar ratings with us, um, and continue, you know, to to fight. And and that's what we think is going to really help. Kansas rebound. Yeah, I love that. On a national scale, where does Kansas fall in in, in the Mid America region when we talk about Nebraska? And uh, it's weird. It, it seems like Nebraska, Oklahoma, sometimes Kansas, we do really well with conservatives at our state level. But when we send officials up to the federal level, some of them aren't the most conservative. Where do we fall in line with the, the rest of the nation and around the Mid America region? Yeah, so, so Kansas, they're right now at the 19th spot. Um, Nebraska, as you mentioned, again, they're a little bit of a unique legislature because they're a unicameral, a single chamber, but they're a little bit below y'all, so they're at our uh, 22nd uh, spot Interesting. there. Um, so, again, it's it, there are always some surprises with our rankings. Um, you know, some people think of Texas, you know, as just that solid conservative, but actually, believe it or not, they're a little bit below both, you know, um, you guys there in Kansas and Nebraska at the 26th spot. So this is kind of what our ratings are designed to do. They're designed to really drill into the nitty-gritty of policy and, and really showcase to the activists and probably most importantly, the voters, and educate them on exactly where their elected officials stand. Yeah, absolutely. Which you can find that rating online at ratings.conservative.org, and you can find the state and you can find each legislator. we got just about a minute left here, Fred, but what is the number one most conservative legislative state in the country? Yes. Well, the place you want to be moving to is Alabama. They got our Mm. top rating at 74%. Um, but you know, there's a, still a number of great choices. Tennessee is right up there. Um, Indiana, Florida. So those are all the, the spots that, uh, that, uh, really love conservatism. That's great. And it is a bit surprising. You would think maybe even some of the, I see Wyoming at like number eight, I would think that they would be on the top ones as well. On the other hand, though, then we had elected officials like Liz Cheney come out of there. So there is that as well. But <laughs> I love it. Uh, yes. <laughs> Fred, we got just about 20 seconds left here. When does President Trump speak at CPAC? You said tomorrow afternoon, correct? Yes. He's going to be on taking the main stage at 5 p.m. here, Eastern Standard Time. Um, so I you know, highly recommend anyone can tune in. They can go to our website. We'll be live streaming it at CPAC.org. Or, of course, you also, as you mentioned, the ratings.conserve.org has a link to that as well. Always great stuff. It's Fred McGrath with the American Conservative Union at CPAC, cpac.org. Go check out the website. Fred, thank you so much, my friend. Have fun at the convention. Hopefully we'll see you guys here real soon. Thank you again, Andy. And, yes, you all have a great one. Always appreciate it, my friend. There it is. All right. One more segment right around the corner. Hang tight. With Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason 
with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into it. Last few minutes here of the show on our CPAC 2023 broadcast. No, we're not broadcasting live from Washington, D.C., unfortunately, but we will. You know what? Next year, we're going to make it happen by golly gee willikers. We're going to get her done. Uh, I love it, and I appreciate Fred McGrath coming on the program, American Conservative Union, CPAC.org. If you want to watch all the live streams of all of the speeches, then you can definitely do so right there on the homepage at cpac.org and check it out. I love the fact, and what's, again, heartwarming, me being the eternal optimist, but even feeling more optimistic than ever before, is the fact that we have conservatism spreading not just across the country here, but around the world. Now, sometimes you need that social experiment to be tried on the socialist side to fail miserably and realize what the hell are we doing, knock it off, smack us in the back of the head, and get us back on track. Kind of like the child that has to go out and experiment, that has to go and adventure the world, and then when they realize, oh crap, maybe mom and dad knew what they were talking about, then they come back and they do their thing. But sometimes they have to experience it, and then you just wait for them to come back. The problem is... These socialists that we have in the country are so dangerous that if they try it, we ain't going to be able to come back. (laughs) So there is that. Nigel Farage, as you know, um, with Parliament in the U.K., just spoke just minutes before we actually went on the air about an hour or so ago. And he had an amazing story about that, about how conservatism is spreading around the world, even some of the in some of the heartlands of socialist progressivism. And they're realizing the dumb, you know what? that they're actually doing. It's an amazing story that he gave. But in Scotland for the last few years, they've been under the rule of a first minister called Nicola Sturgeon. She wanted Scotland to become the most progressive country in the world and started passing crazy legislation. And then a few months ago, she passed a new Gender Recognition Act where kids of 16, without reference to a doctor, without any parental consent at all. Kids of 16 could change their gender, legally change their gender. 80% of Scots didn't want it, but the Scottish Parliament pushed it through. And then a legal case occurred. A man, a really bad guy, who'd committed two rapes, turns up in court for his trial wearing a wig telling the judge and the jury that he's now a woman. Gets a long prison sentence and gets sent to a woman's prison, which clearly endangers women. And suddenly, that pendulum that's gone that way for all those years has swung back. Nicola Sturgeon has now resigned as First Minister of Scotland. The legislation has been scrapped, it's gone, and the silent majority have had their voices heard. If they can turn it around in Scotland against a woman with that huge level of power, can you turn it round in this great country of the United States of America? Can you turn this round? It's a great story. Sometimes we just need them to go off and do their own thing, see the social experiment fail miserably, and when it comes down to it, people wake up and realize what the hell they were doing. It happens every time a gun shooting happens, doesn't it? I never thought it could happen in my community. I never thought it could happen in my area. I never thought that it would be in my town because we're safe and we love each other and we're all great. And while I may have promoted gun restrictions in some way, shape, or form in the past, it's happened to me now. And by golly, I'm going to take the initiative to go out and get a firearm and protect my children because no one is going to mess with my family. 
turns them on a dime, just like that, when they're actually impacted by that one. We are winning. We win on ideas when the ideas are challenged on the progressive side of the aisle, and we win people over when we show them what true conservatism really is. And that's why I'm really excited about what's going on. Real quickly, for the last minute that we have, I want to thank you as the listener. I saw on social media today, I had no clue. I was looking for a, a logo, so I Googled my name and was looking for a logo of one of my programs that I do. And I saw this pop up, and I had no clue. And I have to thank you very much for it. But there is a podcast site called Listen Notes. There's so many different podcast sites, you know, Apple Music and iTunes and so on and so forth. Listen Notes is a podcasting site where people post their podcasts. And I didn't even know I was on it, to be honest. But our podcast is there. And apparently out of the over three... Almost 3.1 million podcasts they have on that site were in the top 10% of listeners for that one, ranked at number like 26 or something. But in the top 10% of the over 3 million podcast programs they have on that podcasting site, because you listen to this. And I am deeply humbled, and I thank you so, so much, and I love you to absolute death, and the fact that you listen to this program, listen to me drivel on each and every day. So... With that being said, enjoy the weekend. We'll do it again on Monday. Back at it again. Enjoy CPAC, which you can find online all weekend long. It's going to be a great one. Keep that faith alive. Lead by example. Speak up. Speak out. Always speak proud. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.